This is Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast, bringing you the latest practices in the world of fiber networks and plus architecture. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fiberside Chat, a 3GIS podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the show. As you're listening along, make sure that you're subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you're going to our website at 3-GIS.com, again, 3-GIS.com, for more information about our fiber network planning and management software solutions and services, but also to consume some more 3GIS content, including more episodes of Fiberside Chat, articles, blogs, videos, and more. So on today's episode, we're joined by Kyle Sinyard, VP of Technology for 3GIS, to give us his perspectives on a new business model for outside plant management. We'll be unpacking the business process changes that are most needed to break data silos between external and internal resources, and more generally understand how to create a framework for faster activation and high data accuracy of outside plant assets. Kyle, who is a veteran of the GIS software industry with the last seven-plus years focused on the telecom industry, offers a unique set of insights into how service providers can best utilize an agile methodology to build the best processes and applications possible. So without further ado, let's welcome our guest for the day, Kyle Sinyard, VP of Technology. Great to have you on. How are you doing? Doing great. Thank you, Daniel. Really excited to be here. Yeah, pleasure getting to chat with you today. So before we get into the main questions, just give us your overview on why you think this topic of conversation is so timely today. Why is it important for us to be having a conversation about uh, outside plant management and the best way to um, break down data silos, both externally and internally? Sure. So, you know, I think that the, the industry has obviously changed. Everybody listening here knows that over the past 10 years. And with the FTTX rollouts, uh, 5G, as it uh, begins to roll out, there's this speed to market that's just become a requirement to be successful in this domain. And I think that that speed to market uh, has created a, a necessity to, one, use different vendors to be able to meet that, that request or that need, and then in creating that necessity, it's created this environment where we need to understand how are we going to allow different companies, different engineering firms, different service providers to communicate effectively between each other and to, you know, have some confidence in, in the network that we're building and the network that we're maintaining when we look at our assets and, and try to manage those. So that's that silos of data that are being created that need to try to figure out how to how to stay in sync and, and maybe almost become a single silo. So from your experience, and feel free to pull from any specific anecdotes during your career, uh, what are the main business goals of these large service providers? And how does that influence the conversation we're having today? Sure. So I think the term we always hear is open for sale. And I think you can, you can use that as almost uh, the, the entire umbrella for what's what we're trying to accomplish in, in any of the solutions that we're providing. 
And that is, you know, how do I get paid faster? How do I, how do I get to revenue as quickly as possible? And there's a lot of different things that are involved in making that uh, a possibility. You know, how do I, I need to build a system that's scalable, that's flexible enough to where I can adjust to, to the needs of the day while also building in guardrails and processes that allow me to run this, these large build outs under a single, I would say, domain in terms of the expectations across the board. As a large service provider builds in, in New York versus LA, you want to have standardizations across those builds as a single company, but you also know that there's some flexibility and there's going to be some major differences in that. And so building that scalable solution that's, that's flexible, that can share data and that can quickly adjust uh, is, is vital to being successful today in the, in the telco market as the competition just grows and grows every day. If we had to break down some of the issues with um, what's wrong in the approach for trying to achieve these goals today, what would you say are the main faults or roadblocks in trying to reach those business goals for large service providers? Because it seems like these larger tier one and tier two service providers are pretty successful. So, you know, why would they want to look to change their methods now? Why would they want to, uh, you know, adopt a whole new business model? Sure. And you're absolutely right. You know, they have, they have been very successful. And so maybe they're not wrong in, in the current approach, but uh, we always love, love the term and uh, I feel it from Moneyball, but adapt or die. And with the changes in the industry, there is a, a almost requirement to adjust accordingly. You know, as, as we think of it from a software standpoint, the, the old school methodology of this waterfall approach of I'm going to get all, I'm going to understand all of the different details before I go and try to solve the problem. I think that that time is past. You know, this, this agile methodology, which isn't just inside of what I would say the development process, but across an organization is really an effective way to say, I'm going to be flexible. I'm going to be agile. I'm going to consume the requirements, the needs of the business, and then I'm going to adjust accordingly. And I'm going to do it in a much shorter time frame. So I think it's, it's really the time frame when it comes to the adjustments that need to be made. Again, they are successful, but there's no longer an appetite to wait six to 12 months for some new piece of equipment. Uh, for some new requirement uh, inside of my network design, uh, how I'm provisioning things. Like as I start to adjust those things, I need to do that. I need to do that right now, because if I don't do it now, somebody else is, and I can't get behind. I need to be the first one here, and I need to go get these new customers, and I need to sign them up. And in order to do that, I have to be able to adjust to meet the needs of today. So now, taking those points into consideration, let's say a service provider does want to adjust their operational strategy and are looking to enable faster revenue realization along with those other business goals that you mentioned earlier. What does that new method or strategy look like for them? And how do they accomplish this business transformation? You can get specific here, breaking down some of the steps in that transition. I think that'd be useful. So I think that the first step is always figuring out what your source of record is going to be and moving towards a single source of record. You know, too often, especially inside of, in, inside of large enterprises, we have 
the silo data of I have this bit of information over here, or, or maybe it's even worse. I have information over here about this piece of the network. And I also have this information over in another area. And I'm hopeful that they're in sync, but I can't, I, it's rare that that's the case. And I always have to try to figure out which place to go look. So creating that single source of record that every everyone inside of your organization is looking at you know, it really drives the decision-making process and allows you to have some confidence inside of the decisions that you're making. So once you get this data model, this structure of all of your assets and how I'm, how I'm maintaining those and how I understand those, then you can start to build the external systems around that. And you can start to see the fruits of your labor because now I'm, 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 faster to say that I can serve this customer, for example, or it's, it's faster for me to say, here's the places that I need to take my marketing budget to, because we have all of this available fiber in a particular area, but without understanding the network and understanding your assets and, and having good records, that's not possible. I think after you build that and you start to build the teams around it to take advantage of that information. So you build the domain teams who can start to work together and you I'll go back to the agile methodology, but you build your scrum teams that are self-organizing, that are focused on a, on a specific need. You know, you may have a provisioning group, you may have a, an OSP engineering group, you may have a dark fiber uh, potentially, right? So having all of these teams who can work on their own, but also come together and understand what you're trying to build and build the plan to, to, to get to where as an organization you want to be and then drive all of those different teams down that path. Of those steps in the transformation process, which would you say are the hardest for uh, businesses to get a handle on and why? Well, I think originally I would have said, how do I get my data? But in all honesty, you know, those those processes have always been the same. I think that in today's world, um, as we start to say, we're going to change the methodology of our organization. You know, we are going to build in these trains that have a goal set in front of them and let each different team uh, work against that goal to, to try to, in a very short window of time, deliver some business value to the organization. I think that that's really difficult if you're, one, historically have, have all of these legacy groups that are now going to have to adjust and have been working under different assumptions up until this point. You know, it, it's, it's very hard to make that transition, to really change your organization's methods and procedures uh, as you go to build out these solutions. So let's take those thoughts and ground them a little bit, apply them to the real world. You have experience with this transformation firsthand with some of the largest service providers in the U.S., for example, Verizon. So can you walk us through their mindset and strategy as it relates to this new business process and break down what this transformation looks like for a service provider at that scale? Sure. So I'll start that with the ways of the past and that kind of shed some light on this transition and what they were trying to accomplish. So Verizon has a very large network build out. 
as, as it pertains to uh, some of the the 5G needs of today, as well as you know business uh, business services. And as the large organization that they are, they obviously have a lot of different vendors and um, engineering firms who are handling some of this design as well as the construction of this network. And in that model, these different silos of data have been created, right? As, as Verizon understands the network and what the, the vendors are going to go build, the vendors are working on that design or working against this set of data over here inside of their offices. We just use offices, right? They have the information that they need to go build, but how do I communicate that back to my customer? In this case, the vendor's customer is Verizon and keep things in sync because I have so many different uh, cooks in the kitchen. And if I have the data moving from one location to another location and then to the third location, and then sometimes even a fourth location, I start to lose that continuity and understanding and vision of what the build actually looks like and what my network looks like. So that's the problem set, right? Now to resolve that, the idea is that I'm going to build in these standard, these new standards, these new methods and procedures, and I'm going to move everybody into a single system. And I'm going to have this optimized data model that is unified across all of the different vendors against all of my different markets. And in doing so, I now have a real-time view of where my network sits as it is today, where my network's headed, and the status of, of that build. And so in doing that and moving everybody into a single system, we don't have to concern ourselves with, am I actually seeing where we are? You know, is this, is this the view on Monday or was this the view from three months ago, right? There's never that question anymore. This is what it looks like right now. If my manager needs to know, I pull it up. And this is, this is exactly where we stand. And so now I can plan things out better. I can start to put my schedules in place. I can start to understand that this build right here is going to be predicated on finalizing this build over here, right? And now I have that vision of when step one will be complete so I can plan for step two. Whereas in the past, as I've, as I've kept them in, in all of these separate environments, I never really knew and I could never trust the data. And I think that's always the most important thing. You know, the, the data is what you're going to use to make your decisions. And if you can't trust it, then can you, you can never trust your decision. And that's really what this offers up. It likely goes without saying, but considering the size of Verizon and their business goals, uh, this project was very large in scale. Could you give us a better idea of the project from a size and time perspective? What did that look like uh, to transform their business model? And how long did it take? And break down some of the variables that influenced the time and scale. Sure. So this was across 70 different markets, which I think is probably the first thing to point out, as we yeah. discussed earlier, in that I have 70 different almost locations that are being designed and managed slightly differently. You know, more than likely, there may be a majority of them that have a lot of similarities, but there's always these small little things that are slightly different. So I have 70 different almost projects going on and being run in a different format, 
in a sense. So I have these 70 markets. I then have 20 different vendors managing these seven markets. So even organizationally, the businesses that I'm working with operate slightly differently. So I'm dealing with those headaches. And then I have 5,000 users or more across all of those 70 markets and those 20 vendors and my internal uh, team, right? So in an eight month period, we took all of those different markets, all of those different vendors, all of those users, and we converted that data and moved them into a single system, into a unified data model. And that data model is maintaining almost 85,000 geospatial files. It's got 25,000 fiber miles. And that's that was at check months ago, right? So that's grown even since then. And then in terms of just the sheer volume of data, it's over 130 million different records between you know, all of the fibers that are in place, all of my entire connectivity model between ports and cables and spans and address points and antennas, you know, all of those different elements make up that 130 plus million records that are my network. Now, what does that transformation process look like for a smaller service provider, someone that doesn't have as many markets and infrastructure to uh, digitally adapt as Verizon? Are there the same level of challenges? Is it easier? Does it take a similar amount of time? Do a compare contrast for us. Sure. So I don't know if easier, I, I hate to say <laughs> easier. I, I do, I do think that there is um, a lot of efficiencies that can be built in for a smaller provider, right? Because the, the same things don't have to go into consideration, right? If I, if, if my, if I'm only comparing a couple of markets and I'm trying to solidify that into a, into a single system, right? I can turn that around uh, a lot faster. And then also as a, as a smaller company, you know, I, I, I do feel like they have the ability to kind of pivot uh, faster than obviously a, the larger providers. So, you know, like to think that the, the steps that are necessary for a smaller uh, provider to get to that end are probably almost identical, but the speed at which they can be accomplished, I think, are drastically different. And I think that you can really, you know, you can cut, cut down a lot uh, when it comes to that eight month period, which by the way, I still feel like was so impressive for our team to have accomplished in, in eight months with all the work that was involved. But I think that as a smaller, as a smaller user set, uh, you could do that even faster. So earlier you said a main goal of service providers is to expedite time to revenue realization. If you could summarize the overall goal of this project, this transformation, would it be in line with that as well? Yes, no, why or why not? Yes, I do think it's in line with that and because I do think that it gives you that real-time look into where you stand. And so in understanding that, then I know what I can go sell, right? And also where I may not be able to sell, so I need to adjust uh, accordingly there too, right? Because before again the decisions that were being made were against the best guess in a sense because i believe i can go sell this but I, i'm not 100 sure so it's it's not just good to know what you can go sell i think it's really important to understand what i can't go sell start to prioritize those get those get those into that funnel 
And so how do I get this up faster? Right. It's great to know what I can sell, but if I know what I can't sell and I can start to drive towards getting that open for sale, then I've kind of accomplished my goal. You know, it's, it's not just knowing that something is available. It's knowing when something's going to be available and it's knowing when something is held up that you might've thought was going to be available. So I think that this whole transition really checks that box, you know, rings that bell for, for any service provider. All right. Kyle Sinyard, VP of Technology for 3GIS. Thank you so much for joining us so far on the podcast. Any final thoughts on this transformation and on this new business model for outside plant management before we wrap up? Anything we haven't covered or any final words of wisdom you want to leave with our audience? Well, I, I think we covered uh, most of it, but you, the best advice that I can give is to make it work for you. Right. I don't think that there's a, a one and done solution here. And I think that's the really nice thing about this model and this particular transition. One in that you build it to work for you, but as well as being able to deliver and get new content and things out faster, this methodology and this model also allows you to adjust your internal workings a lot faster, I believe, as well. Right. That that constant feedback lets you know how you need to change what you're doing, even as you start to transition into this. So I think that's, that's important and, and no, there's not a one size fits all and that you're gonna probably make some wrong decisions up front, but you just need to fail fast and adjust. Kyle Sinyard, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Real Time Revolution. Looking forward to chatting with you again in the future. Great. Thank you so much, Danny, for having me. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of this 3GIS podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast, Fiberside Chat, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're also going to our website, 3-GIS.com. Again, 3-GIS.com for more information on our solutions, our services, and other pieces of 3GIS content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you next time.